0: hey guys welcome to hope it helps today's guest is chang sup chin chang is the ceo of 1004 gourmet the most renowned asian supermarket in the uae he has been an ambassador for asian cuisine and culture and consistently provides his customers with new products from across southeast asia including japan korea china and thailand with over 15 years of experience working in the f&b industry he has expanded the business to now also supply ingredients to restaurants and retailers such as Carrefour and Zuma. During this episode, we discuss his journey running an Asian supermarket. We talk about the F&B industry and how that has evolved over the years in the UAE. And lastly, what are the key factors that contribute to the success of a restaurant? And the last message he wanted to share is don't take everything so seriously, because in the big picture, nothing is worth the emotional baggage to put on yourself. Please welcome to the show... Mr. Chang Sub Shin.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. So, guys, for the people who don't know, um, me and Chang got connected through a mutual friend. Tariq who's also been on the show. And I found out recently that he is the CEO and owner of uh, 104 Gourmet. So, anyone in Dubai, if you know what 104 Gourmet is, you know what I'm talking about. It's an Asian supermarket that has... When I walk in there, bro, it's honestly like I'm—I feel like I'm in candy land. I'm just like, I don't know what all these products are, and I want to try this and I want to make this. So I've been a huge fan for a very long time, uh, and and a customer. So when he connected us, I'm like, man, I have to have him on the show. I'd love to hear his story, how it started, and also I know you have ugly, uh, ugly burger burger, and ugly noodles. So there's like you're pretty, you know, involved in the food industry here, and I love food, so I always like to speak to people. In the industry to learn because from outside I'm just a customer. I'm like, okay, that's good, that's good, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I'm actually open my eyes to a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. Exactly, yeah. I was going to say that <laughs> there's a lot more to it. Um, but before we get let's before we get into everything, man, why don't we give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there.
1: Cool. So uh, my name is Chang Sup Shin. Um, I, I grew up in Dubai actually. So we came here as a family in '92. Before that, we in Saudi. Um, but our main uh business is one thousand four gourmet um We started off as a as a Korean supermarket in barsha um, and in two thousand eighteen um we moved to our new new spot in the onyx tower uh in the greens and a lot of stuff happened in between man um so we started to sell to when I joined in two thousand ten actually after we opened uh, we started to sell to restaurants we branched out to uh, import from different countries we yeah. set up our online website warehouses so that's all the kind of gritty stuff that happens in the back but um yeah we we supply to a lot of restaurants we supply to local supermarkets and retailers like care for um we have our own um own shop we have a small kind of convenience store s- style shop in Depachka in the kill mall Mm-hmm. And we're hoping to open in in Abu Dhabi in like a month, month and a half.
0: Oh wow, um, that's awesome, man! Congrats! Inshallah.
1: Thank you, thank you. We'll see. Uh, it's it's so hard to open concepts <laughs> in, in, in general. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, super excited to be here. Thank you for having me, and can't wait to yeah. Let's, awesome let's stuff, do man. this.
0: Uh, okay, uh, so okay, let's jump to this first since uh, you kind of brought it up. So I know with, I know you have uh, like we just mentioned, uh, Ugly Burger and Ugly Noodle, and in Dubai lots of these kind of pop-up-ish kind of concepts keep coming up so my question to you is i know so one is burgers one is noodles so it's a bit it's a different product but as time goes on like once you've done one does it get easier or is each product a different completely boggy like it's almost like a brand new concept that's a
1: very very good question i guess it does get easier because you go through the uh you know obstacles and you learn from your mistakes and you know, obviously, when you set up a, an operation, you want to streamline everything so that it's more efficient. Um, and to, to just give you a back background of Ugly Burger, uh, it started during COVID. Um, so one of my one of our partners and my my best friend, Young Rack, he owns Shogun, which is a, a Korean restaurant in Media City. And during the lockdown, you know, being a Korean restaurant, you need to be uh, it's more interactive, right? You're you're, yeah, you're grilling yeah. the meats Absolutely. and you know. It's it's more kind of dine-in focused as opposed to delivery focused, and during the lockdown, obviously, you know, people weren't were not able to come to his restaurant. And uh, I had another friend, Eric, who's our other partner in Ugly Burger, and he was looking for a kitchen space. And um, I put him to to together, and I was like, "Listen, he's got a kitchen. You got you know, you wanted a kitchen. You guys should work on something together." I actually had no intention of working uh, with them just because I was just busy with my own thing, yeah. but because you know, we obviously have great synergy. Everybody has their own expertise and, uh, they're kind of my mutual friends. So I thought it would be good idea to just like, yeah, just start this fun project and, and this journey. And so, you know, um, we started off as a, we did like three months of just eating Mad Burgers, man. Like just, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, and we're actually opening Ugly Burger. We closed our shop in Darwassin and we're opening in the Kiel Mall soon. Oh, no way. That's awesome. So we're man. doing like upgrades on every single thing. I have a tasting later on. I had one yesterday and it's just not good for my diet. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, it's the journey that's that's really the fun part of this, uh, creating brands and, and stories and, and recipes and creating delicious dishes and things like that that's always going to be there but again like having managers in place that can uh micromanage on behalf of us and having a a social media team and a marketing team and a design Mm -hmm. team that can actually you know create uh these nice visuals that represents us towards the the customers and and so having that in place definitely helps us i think without that it i think it might have been impossible you know uh uh, having the right people around us and and things like that that's that, that's definitely part, part big part of the process and yeah, yeah. Uh, it does get easier but i guess yeah H- having streamlined everything having put systems in place that's what makes it easier
0: that's what makes it easier yeah no yeah. and that i think that makes um a lot of sense i think you made a really good point about setting up not only s- the foundations and the operations how you would want any kind of concept that you come up with to work and you touched on it uh, uh, very importantly that the people i think in the team around you that is again at the end of the day that's what makes or breaks any any business
1: yeah 100 percent. i mean when we, when we talk about businesses and we're like you know because we're all business people and we love all we do is just talk about businesses <laughs> it's kind of sad actually yeah. you know like but it's what excites us and every time we talk about a concept that's failed you know i always say it's bad management you know?
0: Really? Do you and, think that's what it oh, comes down to most 100% of the Hundred percent.
1: In any business, whether it's mine, you know, I've made mistakes. My when, when my staff, when my, when our employee makes a mistake, I blame myself, right? Because okay, that person directly made a mistake, but I went through the you know, I made the, the decision to hire that person to train that person, mm. and if that person makes a mistake again and again, you know, it's it's still on me. You know, I think yeah. having that accountability is so important in running a business. And a lot of people over overlook that they yeah. blame other factors and they blame the market and things like that, but no it's in the end it's up to the owner in my opinion
0: um, i'm not <clears throat> uh, I really like that man. I think that is one thing that may. it's very easy to it's very easy to point the finger and blame uh, a person a, a an audience uh, whatever there's so many things i could you could come up with to as a reason or let's say an excuse for why this didn't work, but I love that you bring it back and it's, um, it's at the end of the day, I'm the one running the show. So even if there's mistakes within, at the end of the day, it's my, it's my fault, you know, which I respect. And I think that mindset helps you see, I think, the bigger picture at the same time too, you know, it's not just about like a plug and fix thing. There's maybe more behind it that might need to be put in place so that these kind of things will happen in the future.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They're just life's lessons. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Um, for sure. And it's actually funny because once you start blaming other people, I feel like you, you kind of hold grudges and you have emotional, uh, you're, you're invested emotionally into whatever has has happened. But once you start blaming yourself, you're like, okay, fine. It's my mistake. Hopefully my business didn't fail from this mistake and I'm going to learn from it and move on and make sure that doesn't happen again. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yeah.
0: Awesome stuff, man. Um, I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning a little bit because I sure. don't know. I, I've I've read I've done my research. I've read online, so I know I know a bit about the story. But I want to hear it. It'd be cool to hear it from you about. I know you left uh, South Korea in like '87, and you grew up here. Uh, I think for the majority of the rest of your yes. life. Um. And. Uh, 1004 Gourmet started initially. Your dad started that, yeah, right? Yeah. So basically,
1: uh, July 5th, 2008, um, we opened in Al Barsha in this uh, hotel apartment called uh, Al Kuri Coral Al Kuri Hotel mm-hmm. Apartment. Back when there was nothing in Barsha, by the way, it was basically Mall of Emirates, all sand, our building. Yeah. Right? And now there's like all these like really delicious joints and like food places and whatever. But back in the day, there was nothing. And uh, the reason we opened there is because. The Korean community was growing, but it's very it's still, you know, very, very small relative to other other nationalities. But Korean community, because I, I grew up in, in Al Gore Center in Dera. Back oh, you know, yeah. back in the, the days. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. That right? was the spot though. As that my was... homeboy Ahmed from Canvas Gelata likes to say, the right side of the creek. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and I don't disagree, bro. Um, and so we, we grew up in Al Gore Center, but then people started to slowly move towards uh, marina, towards the greens. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you know in 2003 that's when dubai started to become like to, of, what, yeah, what yeah. it is right now and people start to move there and so we wanted to create a korean supermarket that's that's closer to that demographic that are for the people that are moving in that side because there was no korean supermarket back then there and um to be honest yeah we had, we had no retail experience no food experience uh dealing with shelf life is a bitch you know like, yeah <laughs> yeah i can imagine um, and uh just we're still trying to you know finesse that but We had no food or retail experience um, and uh, my father kind of dove in. But, you know, having been an entrepreneur before and uh, again, kind of understanding what it takes to succeed and and not fail, I think definitely helped in his journey. Uh, And at that time, Korean construction companies like Hyundai and Samsung and Daewoo. They actually have like desalination plants and construction mm. plants yeah, and gas yeah. plants in, yeah. in Abu Dhabi and Ruais, and we were actually delivering our food all the way there. Oh wow. So we okay. were driving like three and a half, four hours to Rawice um to deliver our food to the Korean uh you know employees that are working in these in these uh uh construction projects. And that was a very big part of our business, but that's kind of uh gone down a bit because Koreans haven't gotten a lot of contrast recently. Uh, but then uh, our, we just naturally grew our our retail sector, and we started to realize that. Listen, like even back then, this is two thousand eight. There was still somewhat of a K-pop uh, following in the region, yeah, and yeah, um, for sure. a lot more now. Post like Squid Games and yeah, you know Parasite that, that and you know, BTS and stuff. But yeah. uh, even back then, there was a following, and and we realized that we, in order for, for us to sustain this business, we need to branch out to other people that are. You know, interested in not just in Korean food, but also in Japanese food. We mm-hmm. needed to diversify our our clientele yeah. from Koreans to like Filipinos and 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 Indian people, Pakistani people that may like you know Korean culture and Korean dramas as well. And and so we started to really you know invest our our time and money and and energy into uh, capturing that side of the market and. Again, this is kind of before the whole Instagram and, yeah, and yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Even exactly. back then, was not as big as as it is right now. Absolutely. Um, so you know, with the whole flyers, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> fun cars, times, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's guerrilla um, marketing for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love guerrilla marketing. Um, and yeah, so we started to branch out, and then uh, when I joined, um, we we started to import from Japan. So we went from being a Korean supermarket to. Uh, having Korean and Japanese products now. And now we've branched out to, like, Thai, Chinese. Mm. and We want to start importing from everybody from kind of Far East, Southeast Asia. And, um, yeah, our, our first uh, restaurant customer was uh, Takashi-san, who opened Tomo in Raffles Hotel. Oh, yeah, of course. And, but before that, he had Kisaku. Okay. Uh, he's a legend bro uh, he's been in the middle east for like 40 plus years he opened the first japanese restaurant in the uae oh really um yeah what, what was yeah, it called i believe was it was uh, yakitori house okay. in uh one of the first in um royal ascot hotel <laughs> <Yeah>. in Dubai <laughs> on the roof and even if you look at it like i mean they closed down but like they did a good job yeah, you know yeah, that yeah, would still sure. yeah if in the right right location would still do well anyways so takashi-san he's like he was my mentor like on developing this this kind of restaurant fmb business horeca business but he we he was my first customer and he we sold kimchi to him and oh, it's right. just been like perfect a, a, an amazing journey since so we started to diversify from not just the construction projects but also retail to other customers and also uh selling to restaurants mm. and um yeah and obviously online so we launched our online website in 2014 it, Our website right now is really, really bad. I I apologize to everybody who shops on our online website because it requires a lot of patience and dedication. Uh, And we are working on it. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to launch the new site in a couple of months. Awesome, awesome. It's going to be a lot more streamlined and easier to use, hopefully. But um, 2014, it was even worse. (laughs) But uh, we did that and, um, you know, moving warehouses. We started from, like, a 3,000 square feet warehouse to, like, 15,000 square feet. warehouse, And then we expanded when we started to sell to care for Lulu to a 30,000 square feet warehouse. We ended up spinning off the, the FMCG division Mm because we were, we were doing big numbers, but our OPEX is so high that we ended up having to, um, yeah, spin it off to a different company so that they take care of the sales part. We still represent the brand. Yes. And then, you know, um, but yeah, so building warehouses it was, was a great experience and talking to people about how to make it efficient and, uh, you know, uh, creating cold storage chillers and freezers that are like thousands of square feet and things like that. That was a good experience. But um, yeah, now our main focus is B2C, man. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. B2B, as much as I love it, it's so much fun to work with chefs. Yeah, it's absolutely. so much fun to like see your your ingredients being presented in such a beautiful way and itself being appreciated not just by the chefs but by their customers as well and so that's fun and everything but for us i see b2c as our main kind of focus we're opening in abu dhabi and Reem island and sky tower um and um yeah b2c it's 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 fun man like and it's fun because we control our sales channel mm-hmm. and for us any new product that i bring in i consider it, it as a new business right so let's say i bring this water in or let's say we started bringing in coconut water from thailand with with a friend and so this is what i'm, I'm also trying to do like because now we have the infrastructure in place for us to sell to restaurants sell to uh, other supermarkets sell in our own supermarket so we have the we have not just the logistics but the 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 sales channel right yeah the market strategy so uh, I'm working with my friend Laurent to bring in coconut water from Thailand which we're starting to sell to different restaurants right and so this is the fun part I mean yeah. we, it took us a long time to get here but yeah. 14 years in now we're I'm, you know we're in a position where we can work on these fun projects like the ugly burgers mm-hmm. like the you know the coconut water and hopefully I want to start bringing in alcohol with, with him, you know, start, you know, bringing in natural wine and selling that in the market because Mm. it doesn't exist. And we believe in it and and things like that. So yeah, it's been a long journey, man. Um, it it sounds like uh, a lot of ups, a lot more downs, to be honest, like, you know, running a business, is not easy and especially running a family business. I think think um, that comes with its own unique. When I say that there are struggles to running a business with your father, uh, I can, whoever is listening to this, and whoever is working with her father will understand my struggle, but I just want to say, the father is probably having a tougher time, <laughs> like, I feel so bad, because, you know, obviously, you know, we get into to heated arguments and debates about what direction or what decisions we should make, and um, it's, a, it's such a blessing to be working with my father, man, like, yeah. not just having a mentor, but... Obviously he's my father and yeah, yeah being able to 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 run a business with him is so meaningful and uh you know taking the next step in our businesses and you know the small wins that we have together it's amazing, yeah, but to get there is is a journey, and um I always feel so bad when like I get into arguments and I'm like shit, I shouldn't have said all that stuff and yeah, but yeah. he he knows yeah, you know? <laughs> I, yeah yeah
0: they know I think they know it always comes from like it comes yeah. from the right place, but it's just Two different mindsets, you know, two different ways, you know, the way he grew up and what the world was and what yeah. you could do compared to how you grew up and how I grew up. It's just a different, it's a, it's a different, it's literally a different world. So yeah. I, I can understand how there could be a lot of clashes um, from the people I know that work in family businesses, I always think. Number one, it's a beautiful thing if you if you can do it, and because at the end of the day, everything you're doing is not like it comes back to not just me, but to my family. So if I'm successful, my family's successful. Which at the end of the day, that's all. Every, that's the end goal for everyone to build something yeah. that can create wealth for your, not just for yourself, but for your family long term, right? Yeah. Um. Thank you for sharing that story, man. I no, I, I really I really love it. I like hearing you know how something starts out of. Like, it was just an idea. There was a small, you saw a gap, your father saw a gap in the market. He's like, all right, let's do this. And like you correctly said at the time, this is before the, like the, like the social media, like a, a social, before social media was like actually like a thing yeah. that you could use for business. It was business.
1: before Instagram was Instagram. Like, yeah. Back then it was only Facebook or something. Yeah, exactly. You know. It was
0: prevalent. Um, yeah. So to even to build, because now where we are today, you know, you could be anywhere in the world using these platforms, you can target someone at the other side of the world to buy your product. So yeah. it's a different ballgame completely. Um, but I like how, you know, the story of starting with the warehouse and then building it up and as yeah. the customer's base grew, then you do that. Um, I've always, so you, it's interesting. So I've never thought about, and I was when I was thinking today, I'm like, I need to ask him this because I don't know how it works. How do you run like a supermarket like yours? Because I was thinking like it, Sometimes I walk in the supermarket and in my head I'm thinking, how the fuck do these guys have <laughs> all of these products? And, like, and like, almost always it's there. Do you know what oh, I mean? Man. Like, from a supply chain thing, that must be nuts. I
1: think we got lucky when you came because we run out of products a lot. Because the the, the tough part about, okay, let's be more specific towards, like, running an Asian supermarket. Yeah. yeah. Let's say you have a care for spinnies, right? Yeah. Obviously, they bring in their own stuff, but the majority... Carefore and Spinnies, it's a, it's, a, it's a rental market, right? They're renting shelf space, right? All they're doing is... Um, well, they're doing a lot, obviously. Uh, it's a very successful model, yeah. but all they're doing is getting a huge space. And because they're the anchor tenant, they get very, very favorable rental rates, right? Okay. They deck it out with shelves, chillers, and freezers. And it's convenient for them because everybody wants to supply them. So... Whatever they mm. want to supply, every single product, every single SKU, meaning like if you have a water, you have a you know, 250-milliliter water, you have a 500-milliliter. Every single SKU, they need to pay a listing fee.
0: Yeah, right? to, have it, to put it yeah. on the shelf, right? And
1: then to, to stay there and to sell the products, they want you to do promotion. So the more promotion you do, you, go, you get on their good side. Ah. And this is kind of how they make their money. They make their money through their revenue stream – but a lot of the money is being made from the back, from the suppliers who are giving them a lot of these basically, like, yeah, uh, they're giving them the cash flow to, yeah. to run their business. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, everything. yeah. For us, it's tough because there are not many Asian suppliers in the market. Right. All, so, by the no, way. yeah. I mean, there, there is. There's a couple. And uh, it's, it's interesting for me because a lot of the Asian food suppliers in the market that are doing wholesale and selling to restaurants and selling to supermarkets, they don't have their own retail shop yeah okay yeah and so we can buy from these guys but it's very limited because number one usually the asian asian uh suppliers are selling to restaurants right and restaurants what restaurants buy is different to what our customers in the supermarket buy right for sure because the size it's bulk right absolutely and so that's not suitable for our supermarket and so for us we have to import the majority of our products that takes a huge toll on my cash flow absolutely and it's a huge risk, right? So let's go back. Going back to California Spinnings, they are not taking the risk of bringing something in, right? Because when you bring in something in, those couple of words it means you're understanding which product to bring in. You're investing in the stock. There is a lead time of because I'm I'm bringing my stuff from Korea, right? Yeah. Korea and Japan. Yeah, yeah. When you're bringing it in from Europe, it takes a month, a month and a half, or something, right? From Let's say I order from from today, it's gonna take a month and a from Korea, it takes two two months. But wow. now with 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 COVID and all of, a lot of these like container logistics issues, we're looking at three three and a half months sometimes. Oh shit! And so that's yes, yeah, that's the, so. Back to what you're you're saying, how do we run a, a supermarket business, bro? Like it's it's again people and systems, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but us not running out of stuff, I, I gotta admit, man, we do we do, and sure. there's always a gap, you know, especially when uh you know there's delays in shipments and things like that yeah we, we go through trouble of stock but yeah it's not easy man like it could working with <laughs> working with products that have shelf that have shelf life is is such a headache i can imagine and um <clears throat> again like it's important not to under order because then you're losing sales but you don't want to over order because then you're over investing in the stock and again cash flow right that's what our business is all about because we don't have the luxury of being like Uber and losing a billion a month and still operating completely fine. Um, that is the future though yeah sure. um, but yeah, man, like just systems in place, hiring the right people uh it's a, it, we're a logistics and a people business, you know um, and and you know i I like to to delegate uh work and and um you know. Again, yes. Hiring good people, putting in good systems in place, um, and uh, and ERP systems as well. You know, mm. like I spent like two years building our ERP system, wow. which it's still not perfect, but it's better than what we were using. That's for right? sure. So yeah, um, so yeah, it's not easy, but but it's fun. It yeah, keeps me on can, my toes. Keep, oh, keeps imagine. my brain running. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Know? Yeah.
0: Um, I th- wow. First of all, because uh, I want uh, you kind of you already answered what I was going to ask you, but I didn't know how how long it would take to source these kind of products. Because everything that you guys, like you said, you bring in is imported because you're not going to find that here. And I think one of, uh, listening to you, I think one of the challenges maybe that you might face is you guys are, you know, you guys are the place. Everyone knows about you. Yes, there are other Asian supermarkets, but in terms of not just quality, but uh, what I loved about it, it was like, Ah, this is like a in quotation marks a Dubai style Asian <laughs> market. You know, it's like super well done. It's clean. Thank like you. it's a place that when I walk in, I'm like, no, I I, I like this. You Thank know? you, bro. Um, I know what am just saying that I genuinely do. When I go there, I'm in <inaudible> there for like half an hour, because then I go look at the knives and then I go look at like some other shit over here. I'm just <laughs> like looking. I'm like, there's a lot of cool shit here. Um, so I can, I didn't know that the lead times were so long. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. I knew it was challenging, but I didn't know with such I, like with such a long lead time. I can't even imagine like the complexity of like what if a shipment doesn't come through of this product. You know what I mean? And that's probably why you run out because you guys are the place. So everyone's most people are coming to you, as myself included. And there's such long lead times. Exactly I, that combination is
1: yeah. Just you know again, be relying on just yourself to supply your own sales channel as a supermarket is is not easy, but. Then again, like the way I see it is, um, it's, it's a big barrier to entry for, for anybody else to do what we do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And um, yeah, but back to like, again, I really appreciate the compliment I gave on the, on, the, on the shop. But to be honest, like, there are shops like this all over Korea and Japan. And that, that's where I took a lot of my inspiration. And Sure. And like what we have, what we're planning to open in Abu Dhabi is like 1004 2.0. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Because it's going to have a, a bigger kitchen and we're going to be serving. It's going to have like a really tiny food court mm-hmm. ca- slash cafe in there with a sushi bar and everything. But yeah, I mean, my my end goal is to create something that already exists in in Korea, Japan, and Thailand. When you go to these department stores and there are these like amazing supermarkets with, with really nice food court. That's my dream. That's the dream. That's my dream. That's, that's, that's my dream. That's so, the dream. Uh but yeah appreciate it. I just needed to throw it out there that there <laughs> my my there's no originality to be honest. I just used Pinterest and like my my photographs and of like spying around Korean <laughs> supermarkets and and Japanese supermarkets but appreciate it bro.
0: No no, not yeah. at all man. And I think um it's funny I spoke to someone recently and they so they they're one of the, the they're a pretty big business here. Um, he was the CEO of Brands for Less. I interviewed him for the uh, for AD's podcast that I was telling you about. Nice. And what, was, what I've realized is when it comes to entrepreneurship, I think there's a misconception behind it that you have, to, in order to be successful, you have to create something brand new that no one's ever thought of and so on. But in his case, he went to the States. He went to TJ Maxx. He's like, there's none here. There's a gap. Let's do it. Same thing with you. You, your father saw a gap in the market and he's like, okay, why don't we just do that here So I don't think I don't think originality is no is that no. important I as don't we, think so we, at we sometimes all. I think put, we put that, that kind of perspective on
1: it. yeah I mean you know the whole blue ocean book yeah of course um, and so for us like we were definitely not number one. there was um Hanaran supermarket in in karama they they existed back then. Um, I think maybe one the supermarket, but again, the the way we differentiate it ourselves is by, it's very easy, right? For any business, you provide a better product, yeah, or product product choice, yeah, provide better prices, provide a better experience, yeah. That's better. what it is in any business, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so originality, original for the market, yeah, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. But it, you're not. You know, you're not recreating an iPhone. Like you yeah, don't need yeah. to do that in this world. Like mm-hmm. you can just duplicate that whatever else is being done in other countries, bring it in, and then and then, that's what Rocket does really well, right? Like uh, the German, um, what do you call it? Tech VC. Um, they invested in a lot of uh, oh, tech familiar. companies, oh, okay. and they 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 were very good at seeing what was being done in the states and replicating that in Europe and other countries as well. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, Entrepreneurship in that sense is is somewhat a lot easier. Yeah. But then, well
0: yeah, yeah. The the model's there. I just need to get it right exactly. over here. Yeah. Right. And yeah. hopefully it, it sticks and, and it does work. Exactly. Um I wanted to touch on the uh so I know you guys you started off as the Mart, now it's gourmet and I love that now there's um what was your process behind thinking about expanding within the store for like cafe bloom and uh, you know the the lamise products and by the way i'm a i make my own drip coffee every morning so oh, i'm sick. a big big fan and i've had the coffee from there uh, and i know the roasters that you guys use so it's very Thank good you. Um, but yeah i'm just curious what was your thought process behind so
1: that? um so when we first when we were first planning to open our shop right now it's um in, in the Onyx it's eight thousand three hundred square feet okay Initially it was meant to be four thousand five hundred. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So oh, we sure. actually took up a different space in that building, still in the middle of nowhere kind of, you know, like it's in the second floor, it's hard to find. But we ended up uh so my wife is runs Lemise Beauty. It's the okay. Korean beauty shop. Okay. Um she she's now uh supplying Watson's with all of their Korean oh, wow. beauty awesome. products and stuff. Doing excellent. Um She's my retirement plan. Um, (laughs) But uh, so she was running that and like we thought about, okay, let's let's obviously give you a spot and make a really nice shop. And Lamise is like the nicest out of all the, out of the whole shop in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, specialty coffee is a passion of mine. Uh, I lived in the greens for seven years and I had to, like whenever I would drive like north. I would always drop by Raw Coffee or Stomping Grounds or Brew. Yeah,
0: that's what started. That was those are like the OGs kind of. Yeah, I love
1: Brew Cafe. Yeah, like that's how I fell in love with the barn and then got to know Ralph and he's an amazing guy. So, specialty coffee is a passion of mine. Um, I thought that the Greens needed a specialty coffee shop, uh, considering kind of the people that live there Mm -hmm. and. The the area doesn't have a specialty coffee shop, bro. No, it doesn't. And so I had this really strong kind of, what do you call it?
0: Um, What do you call it? When Motivation, desire.
1: Yeah, like selfishness (laughs) (laughs) of wanting to convert, like to create the best specialty coffee shop, at least in the greens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never picked up. (laughs) Never picked up. Uh, and my guys were saying, "Oh, sir, so, like we should sell more uh, more Korean dishes." I'm like, "No, we're a specialty coffee shop. We should sell sandwiches." Mm-hmm. And then I went to Hong Kong, and then I see like bubble tea shop selling like beef noodle soup. I was like, "Screw this! Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sell pop. Yeah, and then it started to pick up. So now we're not a specialty coffee shop. We're a bibimbap shop. And then my wife from the beginning was like, "You guys should sell bubble tea."
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. But
1: thing is, like again. This is something that I learned. Don't ever listen to yourself if the market doesn't react, right? Yeah. And so I started doing specialty coffee that didn't sell. And my wife always told me, like, you should sell bubble tea. I was like, we're a specialty coffee shop. I don't want to sell bubble tea. Yeah. Plus, I didn't, I'm not a big fan of bubble tea, to be okay, honest. Okay, fair enough. But then my guy, you know, like the guys in the cafe are like, sir, like we're, we're getting a lot of demand for bubble tea. They they want us to do it. I was like, cool. Why don't, we, why don't you make it? But I don't want to use the powder shit. Because yeah, a yeah. lot of the bubble tea places, yeah. they use that pre, it's like um, yeah. it's like the, the baby milk kind yeah, of formula yeah, yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I, I will never do that. Make it from scratch. Yeah. So now the reason we don't have a, a big bubble tea menu is because everything's made from scratch. Yeah. Um, But now we're selling more bubble tea than coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and Cafe Bloom went from like wanting to be a specialty coffee shop to now a pivin pub and a bubble tea shop. But yeah, man, like that was my first kind of, you know step into the fmb world um and um it's one of those things where like because it it never picked up you kind of have to have to come up with creative ways to to generate traffic to generate revenue yeah yeah and now i want to open up like 10 of these bro like (laughs) running a cafe is crazy like once you have you know once you once you have the right market Hmm. um cafe margins are good bro and it doesn't require such a big uh, team and you don't need a big space and so right now like i want to create a spinoff brand of of that okay um sick. to to create like a bubble tea kind of korean cafe kind of concept
0: do you think bubble tea delivery would work
1: it does work yeah it does yeah yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it already exists and there are people oh, really? killing it right now oh, yeah okay. yeah bubble teas i don't know what happened but they went through a bubble tea went through a boom in like 2000 like ten eleven twelve. 11 12 and then it suddenly just crashed. I don't know what happened. Everybody closed. And like then the now it's like, everywhere. oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, and yeah. So bubble tea for sure. It's killing it. Coffee as well. Like we were bringing in, um, so I, I would travel to Korea, Japan, Thailand a lot. And so whenever I traveled, I used to take two, two suitcases and I would bring at least 20 kilos of beans.
0: Wow. Because
1: I'm paying for the flight anyway. Yeah, right? yeah. Might as well. And to bring in, so because we have to air freight the beans. Yeah. So I'm, saving in our freight i'm bringing in cool fucking beans right like i i brought beans from like onibus in in japan from um oh man it's been a while from hong kong there was the uh i forgot the name cupping room anyways. yeah well,
0: their cupping room is cupping known room. cupping room yeah it's them yeah it's like yeah. one of the it's if not one of For the top best ones yeah. yeah
1: so so yeah i used to do that um because we again we wanted to differentiate ourselves from other coffee shops and mm-hmm. Not many people appreciate it as much as I thought, <laughs> but no, we, we stick by that, bro. Yeah. Like, and now we're bringing in Fritz mm. Coffee from Korea. We're one of the top specialty coffee roasters. Um, it, that that's like an institution. Um And uh, we have we try to have at least like six to eight varieties, which nobody else is really doing. And and because coffee margins are so big for me, like I'm like, you know what? Let's bring in like small, two fifty gram packages mm-hmm. and try to like have as much variety as possible to offer because the barn or any of these specialty coffee shops, they, they change their origins every month. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's the fun part about this about this business. Yeah. Um, and we're doing cooking classes in the in the cafe as well. I saw and you yeah. guys
0: also I remember I read that during the pandemic you guys had to kind of pivot to online classes yeah, and bro, deliver it. Deliver it to them. Yeah, too. yeah.
1: Right. That was really fun because it was tough, right? Like pandemic yeah. obviously was tough on everybody. It hit everyone. Yeah, um, for sure. Like I mean, fortunately, because we were a supermarket, we were able to stay open um, but at that time, we were picking up momentum on, on on cooking classes in the cafe and then obviously the pandemic happened and so uh our team, uh Alicia, who used to work with us but uh she's she's moved on to a different company, but she was uh spearheading these cooking classes and uh, we worked with uh Kate and Jesse from Lowe uh okay. they just won the Michelin um, green green star. They also won the sustainability award at oh, wow. Fifty Best as well. Awesome. Lo is in uh, in Canvas uh, Coa by Canvas in in Alberari area. Amazing restaurant, one of my favorite places. And they were doing uh, dumpling classes. Oh, and so that's what sick. we would do is um, we would send the pre-cut ingredients in an ice box to the guests, and then we would have a Zoom session with 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 the chef, and it was just such an amazing experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we did like 20 classes in like, I don't know, five months or something like that. It was really fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, this is the fun part. Like, I don't know if, if we will talk about it later on, but like the, the community is so small in Dubai when it comes to food and being able to kind of work with the chefs and, and coming up with creative ways to sell and creative ways to differentiate themselves and ourselves from the competition and, and things like that, you know, and that, yeah collaborating and things like that that that, that's what's that's the beauty about this business to be honest yeah Yeah.
0: i think from listening you know to your story and listening to all the the evolutions and changes that have happened within the store and like how you were thinking of things and so on i think what's really cool of or what i've taken from it is you kind of have a foundation that's there that's the main business but because of that it enables you to you know Create so many different potential revenue streams, which is really nice because I think some other types of businesses or industries you can't do that. Yeah. Which, um, which I think is really really cool. Um, you know, listening to how you switch from coffee to you know bubble tea, uh, which I've had to, and it's definitely not like any other bubble tea I've had here because I've had <laughs> all you. the other ones. I'm a big fan. Um, and coffee, coffee is an interesting one. Um, I'm a, I love coffee. So I think you- I've hit, I don't know. I don't know. There's very few places in Dubai probably haven't had their coffee. Now I only buy from one because the, it's always... Been, I think my bar has now been ridiculously too high. So if I'm not going to make it, if you can't make it the way I like it, I'm not going yeah. <laughs> to... I might not come back. Not necessarily, but the coffee itself. Cause of course. In Dubai, because I have a, one of my really good friends, he lives in Canada and he's he works as a barista and he's a like, Khalid. when he comes here, he's like, you don't understand how um, spoiled you are here for like coffee in terms of like, like there you don't find a geisha in every shop, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, he's like, you want like one, two stores might have it. The top guys bro. here. You can go to any store. How, how many geishas do you want? You know? Um, So it's, uh, so it's really funny. Um, But yeah, I think coffee is an interesting one here. I, the market for it is huge. Um, It's, but it's, Beyond saturated, so is food. But again, you know, sometimes I think I'm like, if a food concept is going to open up, someone's going to open this up, whatever. And I'm like, is it? There's so much. There's. It's interesting because me and my friends are just talking about this. Like, there's so because we were talking about burgers. I'm a burger is my favorite. Edible product in the world. Oh, okay, cool. I love them. Gonna love, love, love Yeah, yeah. Please. Uh, I never actually only heard, or found out about it recently. I hadn't, I hadn't before.
1: No worries. We're gonna upgrade it, so you're gonna love it.
0: Uh, We're I'm doing l- a lot of. We should just invite you
1: for the tasting. Uh, We'd I'm love. Bro, I'm so <laughs>
0: down. I would love. That would be like a dream. I like, <laughs> have it, to taste burgers. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um, but I think um, it's interesting that there's so much. It's such a saturated market, yet. I think what you hear about from word of mouth, you start seeing which ones like rise up that yeah. you know that people are talking the ones about. That float. Yeah, the ones that float. Because <laughs> a friend of mine was like, man, every time I want a burger and I go on deliver root, I have like 20 options. But he's like, every time, like more times than not, that I go to an option that I haven't tried before or no one has told me about, it's it's, yeah it's not the best you know it's not great but why did i spend this money on this exactly (laughs) exactly he's like i'll just stick to the classics or the ones that i know that i like um so my question is like for example i know you have ugly burger and so on and what do you think it is when there's so much but only a few rise to the top why do those rise to the top because if it comes to taste it's not gonna like there's there can be a huge wow. difference or there can be slight differences but there's a reason I keep going back to your burger place instead of another one dude
1: that's the that's the billion dollar question right, right? yeah why McDonald's <coughs> over Burger King
0: yeah oh. <laughs> I don't know for me it's the fries the fries are. Um, dude it's
1: enough. a dude that's a very solid question and to be honest um, it's I think branding has look Flavor is, is, is the foundation. Yes. Obviously, it absolutely. needs to taste good. You yes. can't sell a product that tastes like shit and, and yeah. expect it to su- succeed. Um, understanding your market, flavor, and marketing, in my opinion. Is, okay. Um, I mean, in between a good customer experience, nice interior, all that stuff, great. But main thing is flavor and marketing. Mm. And I think that's what... No, I'm really good friends with High Joint, uh, oh. Dr. Hamed. We actually did our Ugly Noodles pop-up in High Joint. That's how close we are. Uh, and Pickle as well. Uh, Simon, Richie, who works at Pickle, is a good friend as well. But I think that's what they've done really well, man. And I think, okay, they are competition. I mean, they don't consider me competition because I'm so yeah. small. But they are competition, but also it's great to have these guys because they provide you with a benchmark, right? We can see what they're mm. doing. We can see how they're succeeding, and, and kind of get a gauge on what they're doing, and 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 understand. Okay, maybe this is the kind of direction that we need to go in. Not exactly the same direction, but you know, we see the light. Yeah. you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, again, pickle man. Like they've their marketing is is. I wish they, I had their budget, bro. But mm. uh, but and also I say this to other people as well. But like even if you have a budget, it's the people that run the campaigns that that make it fun and creative mm-hmm. like the adidas ravi for example. Right? Yeah. That, Everybody in the world has has up. amazing budgets but it's the execution of that idea. Yeah. That is so important and so Yeah, man, like Pickle and High Joint, they got a good team behind them and we just got to step up our game and, and make sure that we get we get into the same conversation as them. Yeah. You know. Um but yeah, that's a very good question.
0: Yeah. But uh, it's funny you mentioned those two uh, those two in particular. So obviously um, and this is no disrespect to either of them um, this is my personal thing <laughs> um, I think yeah. um, sometimes like High Joint when I first I remember when High Joint opened because it's like right here it's yeah. literally right there um, and like I'm like yo this is ridiculous it's hands down I think best burger I've had in Dubai so far Pickled, personally I've uh, it's listen it's all good but I'm just being picky to myself you should be you know um, nothing wrong being picky and I think that, like, I think pickle personally is, is very good, but it's overrated. That's my opinion. Um, high joint used to be, in my mind, the best. And I've just felt over the last, I don't know, year or so, per, my my own experience, my own thing, I'm like... It's not what it was. I just want
1: to say, this is not my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dr. Hamid, Simon, I still yeah, love you. We make it
0: clear. <laughs> I want to make this clear. This is just my personal opinion. This is nothing to do with uh, the guest, Chang whatsoever. The guest does not share this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to be politically correct here. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, absolutely, absolutely. As, as no, good. I respect that. And like, yeah. dude,
1: like people like, okay, when it's somebody that's, that, that understands the market or when it's, yeah, when is feedback like that? 100%. Yeah. when it's feedback like oh I went to this restaurant and like they treated me like shit or they didn't treat me like a, a king or a queen and like there are some guys out there that like they they criticize out of malice it's not criticized yeah. for, for uh, it's not constructive criticism Yeah, it's it's out of bad intention yeah. which I hate and yeah, it's just yeah. the, the, the entitlement for a lot of these customers and the way they write they f- it feels like they own the place you know, it feels yeah. like they for them to think that their opinion matters that much. In my opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> is so funny. Like when I read somebody's somebody's feedback, you know. But things like this, that's constructive feedback. Yeah, yeah.
0: like it's just again, it's my personal preference. Yeah. It's my own, my own, my own thing. Exactly. Um, it's interesting that. It seems that there's a huge, like I've noticed, I'm I'm a big foodie. So like uh, if there's a new restaurant and you tell me let's go, I'm like, yes, anytime. I've noticed there's a huge demand and huge supply now of um, Asian restaurants. Oh yeah, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, uh, Korean mainly Japanese, Korean, mainly Japanese. Korean yeah. not so much. Um, Dude, uh, I wish I had money
1: to open a Korean which is, concept.
0: Which is interesting. Um, but my my question to you is over. So you've been in like the food industry here for quite, like t- fourteen 14 years. fourteen years, right? From when you started, I guess, to now, how have you seen like the evolution and that demand increase? It's crazy. And w- what do you think the reason for that is? That's something that I'm money. Inter- do you think it's just money? Oh, 100%, bro. Really? Yeah.
1: I mean, look, but the best food in the world is in probably New York, mm-hmm. right? Or Tokyo or Hong Kong. Um, I think when it comes to Japan and, and China, they have the history of food. But when it comes to New York or London, like British food is, is very bad. Yeah, not um, fun. I like fish and chips, but you know,
0: yeah, but who's not gonna like fish and chips? Exactly, deep fried fish, exactly. Yeah, but
1: London has one of the best foods in the world because they have so much money, right? And so when you have money, investors find chefs who they want to open up restaurants with, or chefs find investors who they can open up uh, restaurants with. There's more options, and there's there's more, just yeah, more more options, more concepts opening, and, and. with the influx of all of this, you know, millionaires coming into Dubai mm. wanting to replicate what they had in in their own home country or or you know, just yeah. I I think Dubai has become uh from a residence or from a foreign direct investment perspective a lot more affluent and and thanks to that we've seen yeah, amazing concepts and and also the mat- mature the mat- maturation mm-hmm. of the industry as well. Yeah. So yeah. um I think One of the biggest kind of hindrances for uh, really cool concepts opening up in Dubai, in my opinion, is the lack of small spaces for restaurants to open in. So when you open a restaurant, it's usually minimum 3,000, 3,500 square feet, which in general is a very big space. When you go to Korea, Japan, or even New York, you don't see that many restaurants that are nice that are that big, right? Usually it's like small concept that's like 1,000, 2,000 square feet, and now, now I think uh, hotels and restaurants, or like rent, like developers, are starting to understand that. Yeah, and they are providing providing options for smaller spaces. Um, also, rents. You know, mm. if you look at, you, you look at the the culinary area of of Dubai, right? And I think JLT is one of the best because why? There are all, a lot of good concepts because of good rents, mm. right? JLT, yeah. I think, to t- ten years ago. Was one of the cheapest places to open anything. Yeah, probably. Even though traffic is bad, parking is horrible. Horrendous. You forget to park and you get a two hundred dollar fine.
0: Yeah, I I'm hope like, that food was worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: So, so I think rent, um, rent has yeah. been going down in retail specifically. Okay. Um, there's a lot of retail space that needs to be rented out. There's a lot of retailers that are struggling, in my opinion, and um, as a result, because of cheaper rent, there are more opportunities for for chefs and even like for example nakil nakil mall nakil mall is nakil's kind of flagship mall because it's, it's on the pond right yeah, yeah they have sushi samba there, <coughs> there are, they have aura pool, pool bar there they have tristan studio there there's going to be sick restaurants opening there because why the developers are taking it into their own hands to bring in cool concepts back in the days developers were sitting back and waiting for these guys to come
0: Okay. Right? So now it's part of the like ML. now it's
1: it's a it's a it's a buyer's market. Back mm. in the days it used to be a supplier's market where there wasn't enough space. So rents are going three, four, five, I don't know, hundred derms per square feet. But now, because there's so much space, these developers are going out and and looking for concepts to come into their space with very favorable uh, rent conditions. Yeah. You know? So
0: I think that's always I think like I know about the like i've heard from people i like who work in food or whatever and like Tariq for example he's told me because he knows and like the the numbers i hear just for rent in my mind i'm like and like when you see all these big restaurants open in places like <clears throat> like DIFC, you know like the shanghai the amazon goes like yeah. these massive like i'm like i don't even kind of i don't even know how much money you probably invested to get to this but in my mind i'm like what's the payback period five ten ten years maybe
1: so it's not even the rent it's the construction cost as well right so when you look at i don't think i should i can say these numbers actually anyways Uh, it's a lot of numbers sure it's a lot of zeros sure yeah for a restaurant okay but to be honest bro they're killing it some of these restaurants in dubai right now are doing figures you will not fathom because again there's so much money in Dubai right now so many people that are willing to spend 1000 2000 dirhams per person and that's not a bad thing man it 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 helps the market right yeah. and so i yeah i'm i'm a big fan of that um and as as a supplier of the restaurants i guess <laughs> uh i'm a big fan of that as well but also what i wanted to say was um with all these new restaurants opening up yeah and the, the maturation of, of the industry and and most importantly the maturation of of the palate of the customers mm. of of the people that are eating yeah, in dubai it's changing yeah you know so when i started off like i couldn't i couldn't sell that many boxes of uni uni yeah. is sea urchin right i love it i sell uni. it for a couple hundred dollars per packet It's to yeah. it's it's a very expensive product yeah, right it is. Yeah, like yeah, for toro for example super,
0: like bluefin tuna super expensive
1: i was one of the few people that are importing it now everybody's importing it. Mm. You know, that's how saturated already the market is because everybody has bluefin tuna. People are starting to like not use yellowfin tuna, right? Yet the, so in in tuna there are different grades yeah, of quality. Yeah. Bluefin tuna is the best best quality. Yep. Then there's big eye, and then there's like yellowfin and albacorn, all that, all that stuff. Yellowfin tuna is what's most prevalent prevalently used in, in kind of the cheaper sushi places. Sure. Um and it's fine just because it's cheaper, it's just it's bluefin, it's just, good Blue is it's just good so stuff. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are even like average restaurants using bluefin tuna. Yeah. That was unfathomable back in the days. But yeah. now, because people's palates are developed, they can taste the difference between the tuna. Yeah. They, they love uni. They, and now I'm working with like chefs to bring in seasonal products, right? Like melons, like $100 melons, like uh, seasonal fish, Yeah, right? Which I'm, I'm bringing in uh, eel, eel, That's been freshly prepared from Japan, Mm. and it comes here, and then one of the restaurants is using it. Sushi Samba is using it right now.
0: Yeah, it's great.
1: That is is very very hard to come by, not just in Dubai but anywhere else in the world. Yeah, you ask anybody who's using unagi like this, not many. So, again, developed culinary scene, love it. You know, good to see a lot of these people asking for new products and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. yeah, Uh, It's interesting, one of the, uh, what you said about, I never thought of it from a, um, from a financial perspective as one of the key reasons as to why the scene here has exploded over the last 10 years, uh, particularly with like Asian cuisine, but like all cuisines, to be fair. Um, And I think you, you're right on the money when you say that. um, Because there's so much choice and so much variety, like I, I tell people like, I've, you know, I've been fortunate enough to travel to many places. I'm like, in Dubai, your the average like your average level of food quality is very high, very high, very high, which you don't find in a lot of other places around the world. Um, you need to go to like certain spots, find the good ones, and okay, yeah, then you no, you we're get spoiled, it. bro. Yeah, we are, and I think that room, honestly, we're spoiled in many ways, in food and in like hospitality, <laughs> Emirates yeah, Airlines, uh, traffic. traffic, yeah, everything.
1: Like, people don't travel from downtown to Marina. Bro, it's 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. In Korea, you have to take the metro for an hour to go to the other side. And you're complaining about 20 minutes traffic? Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely spoiled. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Not, well, you're just talking about the, the money money side of the business. Yeah. Um, I forgot. Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought.
0: It's all good. We'll get it back. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about how the, the financial aspect was so key to for this growth over the last like you know, 10, 15 years.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. So it's definitely, definitely the 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 money, and again the number of people that are coming in because it's such a, such a transient city, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people people are coming in from like Hong Kong and these food places that are very very developed and yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll just keep this momentum going, man.
0: I I, I don't see it slowing down. Yeah. You know, any at any point, if anything, it's just gonna get bigger and better. Yeah um you uh you mentioned that um in one in an interview that you did that there was uh, over the last like couple of years there's been a big influence um of um korean culture and not just uh, you know from k-pop to the shows to food and so on so i'm curious what do you think the reason like korean culture has become <laughs> uh, like at the forefront like has really like it's like before If you were into it Like if you're into that Like Korean culture And Japanese culture And like Asian culture Fine You'd you'd understand it You'd get it But now I think It's like now in the uh, It's commercial Yes yeah, it, There you go It's commercial Why do you think There's been such so an explosion For that
1: it, I don't think It was one thing That happened It's many things That has happened In the last I think Two and a half decades Yeah So Probably like Early 2000s End of 90s uh, even back then, like there were there were Korean drama shows being shown in Turkey and in Iran and things like that. Uh, I am by no means a, a an expert in Korean drama, just because I don't watch a lot of them, to be honest. <laughs> sure, um, but in in Korean script writing, I think is 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 very very strong. Koreans are very good at writing scripts. Uh, that's number one, and my theory, which. Holds no credibility. Is we have no budget, we don't have Hollywood budget, so we got to at least make the story good. <laughs> you know, like have you seen Old Boy, for example? No. Oh, you got to see Old Boy, bro. Have you seen Parasite? Obviously, yeah. yeah. Parasite was excellent. yeah. So like Koreans are very good at writing scripts, and it's it, yeah. That's number one. But number two, I think, especially in the Middle East, man, like our culture and Middle Eastern culture is very similar. You know, you're very, you're very. We are conservative. We are family oriented. um and I think that is the backbone of most Korean dramas, mm-hmm. and you know it is a bit more halal than the American, you know, shit shows. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think that actually played a big role in our kind of drama presence mm-hmm. in the region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At number one, number two, um, this continuation of all those shows and and the interest uh, that has gradually increased in in the region, but also K-pop. Um Yeah, I big. think what Koreans are very good at is looking at numbers and looking at the reactions of the public and understanding what they're looking for. Yeah, and that's what K-pop does really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Understanding the sounds that need that the that the song needs to have, understanding how the crowd will react, creating trendy videos and 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 things like that, and and the execution, bro. These guys are like, look, I. It may seem funny, it may seem gimmicky, but I respect these guys because these guys hustle from like the morning until the until midnight. They barely get any sleep. They have, they don't have a, a great life. Ninety nine percent of these guys are like hustling, bro. Yeah, yeah. And I have so much respect for these. They're kids. Yeah, they're, and they're hustling. Yeah. But like the hustle and the grind and and the execution is you're on you're you're the best in the world. The, the best dancers, the best singers. So naturally when you look at the globalization of this world and and the internet where there's free news everywhere, um, naturally when you're the best dancers and the best singers, you will capture an audience that, you know, that is going to be big. And they just had a huge two or three day event in Riyadh with K-pop bands and there's a Korean art showing going on. There's going to be a lot of K-pop shows and yeah, we are we're riding the wave right now. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: for sure. Because uh, yeah. I've noticed that too. Again, um, I've, like, growing up, I've always been uh, more into Japanese culture because of anime, of course. You Naruto know, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dragon Ball. Well, um, no, I was never a big Dragon Ball fan. I think fan. you're younger than me, that's why. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But I know, like, for, the, like, people, like, love Dragon Ball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, huge uh, anime fan. Um, but after the one, the show that, like got me like converted me was squid game oh, okay after i watched squid game i'm like like i just thought it was the the concept of the show was so ori- i've never seen anything like it it's, it's like pretty crazy really great well it idea. is like
1: battle royale you know battle royale the no. japanese movie
0: no actually <gasps>
1: takeshi I kitano bro no I oh my god you gotta watch it okay oh you gotta man, watch just make a note of this right battle now. royale oh my god it's such a good movie you have <laughs> students in an island that kill each
0: other Oh, yeah, wow, that sounds like my, that's yeah, right yeah, up my yeah. alley. It's sick. But after that, um, after Squid Game, I'm like, okay, that's a one-off. Uh, you know, it's a show that everyone loved. I just dove head deep into, I just, I didn't even, I do not know what I liked, what I do. But now, like, I got to a point now, I'm like, oh, if this actor, I like this actor, is he in the show? That means, okay, I get what the show's going to be about. I get the vibe and I love it. I think what you said in terms of the script's, are excellent and yeah. the 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 quality like visually is unbelievable like really like i you really 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 appreciate it I, at least i do you know um, what, what's
1: funny is because squid game is a, is a netflix so yeah it's technically not a korean drama it's yeah, an american yeah. drama
0: yeah which is yeah. which is surprising but that's why
1: they had such a big budget to do yeah. all that cool shit yeah yeah you
0: know? and it's crazy for 10 years like they yeah. wrote it and now all of a sudden like it's there mm-hmm. and i it just it's funny how these things just you know explode um yeah. One thing that I um think about a lot is um the relationship between culture and food. I think food like uh music and food probably are the two biggest ones, but if you look, food is that, such a nice entry into another culture. Um Food is culture. You know? So what what are you, what's your thought on what are your thoughts on your perspective on that like kind of relationship? What
1: well, 100% man. And I think um it's it's it, I mean Okay, so like the whole kind of, appropri- what is it appropriation of food you know, mm-hmm. that's been going on in like, in like Palestine and and you know Israel trying to take hummus and stuff like that, like it's happened to Korea, um, but I think yeah like food is culture and it's so important for any country to make sure that their 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 history is preserved right, um, and it's such an important aspect of our business because. Uh, we, we do consider ourselves to a certain extent cultural
0: ambassadors, right? Absolutely. And so absolutely. And I, and
1: I and I speak about even though I'm Korean, I speak about Japanese food and Chinese food and Thai food with as much pride, if not more, because I'm not from that country, mm. um, with so much pride to, to my customers and, and guests. And um not only that, like when you look at foods that are available outside of that country, it's usually, you know, the most popular products but for me what excites me is the unique products that, that the country has to offer like for example I'm bringing in ginseng from Korea oh sick you know nice. like ginseng is meant to be very very healthy uh, it's good, meant to be good for men if you want to have kids um, and we're bringing in like black garlic from Thailand for Ooh, example nice. and this black garlic it's a single clove garlic so when you look at a garlic there's many cloves yeah. this one is a single clove black garlic like cool shit like that mm. you know and so that's what really really excites me yeah. it's not like when it's meat for example like it's not the ribeye it's the off cuts yeah, yeah you know yeah. it's that that that's more interesting it has more of a story you know and so yeah food is definitely food is culture yeah. food is one of the biggest parts of any country's culture and it's it's very important for us to communicate like yeah explain the product explain yeah. the dish explain Absolutely. the ingredients you know yeah and have cooking classes to show them right because we're we're transferring that knowledge of of our history and culture to to the other people yeah. whether it's Japanese Korean or Thai yeah. so yeah man uh, it's it's yeah food is culture
0: uh, i yeah. i couldn't agree with you more um i like
1: it's a good name for a podcast uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> coming soon <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned
0: um, i I totally agree with you man like i know like I've learned about so many different cultures and parts of the world just from eating their food. And I'm like, I love this. I love that. You know, it's just like, if I'm going to go by cuisine, my favorite is probably Chinese. Oh, no way. Yeah, If you tell me Chinese food, I'm I'm like anytime, but also I'm also, I'm very picky with certain things, like with steak, with sushi, and with like the quality of certain types of food that I love. Because I'm like, if I'm not going to get that, that level i don't want it you know i'd rather not eat it which brings me on to my next question um you you said that in an interview once that um there's been a rise of a lot more approachable fine dining like fine cuisine you know you're not fine casual fine casual exactly i think that yeah that's how you phrased it um and i've noticed that too with places like um like when when i think of that the things i places i think about are like Feli Bros, about, like, uh, Three Fills. Kinoya. Um, go, quinoa, goldfish. Low. Um, so, yeah, and I'm curious, why do you think there's such an increase for that these days? Why is uh, I think like, it's
1: just uh, the trend in, a, in the global market when you look at the top. Oh, really? It's not just... Yeah. Not oh, just no, 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 definitely oh, okay. not in Dubai. Oh, okay. I think it's it's been a long time coming for Dubai because there was such a big gap between fine dining and, and cheap food, right? Like... Uh, you know, you have your Ravi's and then you have your Azuma's. Mm. Like, there was a very very big gap between yeah. the two, but now there are a lot of restaurants that that are filling that gap. And um, to be honest, man, like it all it all does also come down to money, right? Like, mm. there there is a segment of the market that can afford to spend five hundred to two thousand dirhams per meal, but then not everybody has that. So yeah. catering to that middle market, I think, is very very important. And also, like, yeah, it's. I think it's more approachable. It's it's more, what do you call it? The setting when you go into such a restaurant, it's not intimidating. Yeah. And I think I appreciate spaces that are intimidating because some occasions call for it.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And so I respect that. But then you don't want to go there every week. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, you don't want to go there often. You prefer to go to a place that's more relaxed, that's more friendly. You know, I can kind of lay back in my chair. I don't have to like sit up straight and (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think from that ex- extent, um, it, it's been a global trend. And, yeah. And um, it's so nice to see more and more places. Boca, for example.
0: Boca is great. Dude, yeah. like
1: one of the best, like, you know, quality and value meals like in Dubai, in my opinion. In my opinion. And their wine selection is amazing. Shout out to Omar. Shout out, shout uh, out. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, it's, and hopefully, we'll see more.
0: I, I, The way things are going, I think we definitely, definitely will. And, it's, I like that. Um, kind of like you. Like I don't always want to go to like a super fancy place. Like I want to go in a t-shirt and shorts and like have some have food that's from a quality perspective is on that level, exactly. just at a different price point. You know. So exactly. it's like it's kind of like a win-win for me. Um, and also, I think I think um, what I really like about this segment of the market, this like middle segment, is the the creativity and variety that you get out of it. Because with the fine dining, with a fine dining place, unless you're like some type of test kitchen that you know it's a set menu and you pay and it's like a omakase whatever kind of experience, you you're known for one thing. I'm I'm an Italian restaurant. This is what I can do. Yeah. I'm a uh, Japanese, uh, Chinese, whatever. It's if I'm going there for that reason, no problem. But with these kind of places, you know, um, I think it's just. For example, I was I love this place. Because I'm like, how? Just like Orphali. Man, that, like... I love Orphali. Yeah, just... Uh, He's a good guy, too. Great guy. I really like...
1: Uh, congrats to Orfali. He just placed in the... What do you call it? 30 yeah. best? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mabruk, entrance in studio. And, Shout out to him, Anshu. Uh
0: I haven't... Uh, I've heard of them, but I haven't checked them oh, out Oh, you got to check it out. Yeah, man. yeah. I've heard, I've heard yeah, a lot about it, but I haven't it. You got to check him out after you watch Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Um, yeah, I just... I think... I'm being exposed to so many different types of things. I like I yeah. I wouldn't find maybe necessarily at a that kind of restaurant, which is exactly. really cool. Exactly. Which is really cool from as a and consumer. even Moonrise as well. Like, uh, oh know. yeah, Moonrise yeah. Is, is that's my boy over there. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're they're, they're killing it. Soleiman and his team, MISPA and obviously the whole team. Yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, Moonrise. I will say, uh, if if that's the if you want that kind of experience, really, like it was something special. Yeah. I had like tastes and flavors and in my mouth that I'm like, what the hell is going on? Exactly. But I, I love that again. Yeah. He's very, very talented. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he just won an award. So congrats yeah. to him if yeah, you're listening. Shout, shout so out. To so shout out. out. Uh, Chang, I just have uh, two more questions for you. Sure. These are the questions that I ask uh, all my guests. So, first, looking back at, you know, either like your life, your career, if I asked you, what are you most proud of for yourself? What would you say?
1: Oof. Uh, not relative to family, right? Because I would say my twins are when I can what be what family. Proud of. Family
0: is family is a very common one. Uh,
1: but no, like um, in, in terms of business, to be able to, because we do invest a lot of time and energy and money into in, you know uh, branding ourselves as uh, as a spot that 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 is meaningful to to people's lives, right? Yeah. Like whether it's our cooking classes, whether it's the videos that we make that show people how to make cool cool you know food in their own kitchen whether it's you know bringing in stuff that that somebody might miss in korea or japan you know bringing that in and them being like oh wow i can't believe this is here you know and like to be and like i see so many kids in the shop like and they're so happy to come to my yeah. supermarket and yeah. that just you know hit, hits me hits in home. my heart yeah, yeah. It's, it's very and it's it is emotional and um you know we we do it as much time and money we invest into this. We, you know, we appreciate the support from the community as well. Um, and to be honest, the community is, is what I'm most proud of, like having friends in such good places and people to talk to. And, you know, and again, like building a business with my family, with my father, um, that I think those, those things are, are what, what, what I'm most proud Proud of. of. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Um, I totally get that and I think you know besides like your kids but also to build something that has become so uh, like the go-to spot for like Asian cuisine you know is uh, in a market that you're on the other side of the world with all these products um, but you know it has given I respect that because it gave someone like me for example the opportunity to experience that food uh, without going there even though I have been to Seoul which is Insane. It's insane, nice. so sick. Um, but um, like to go on to be able to like go to this, uh, go online, get inspired by like a Korean show. Yeah. you know, be able to buy it, make it at home, and like to taste it. Amazing. That just drives me more to like to come back and dive deeper into like what else can I make? What else can I try? Um, so I really appreciate that as a customer. But Thank respect you. to you and you know your father for building what you've built. Thank um, you, bro. And for my last question, man, what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, What is the message? I have a good message. Um, Don't take everything so seriously. Nothing's a big deal. As long as you're healthy, as long as you have a house, nothing is worth that emotional baggage you're going to put on yourself and uh yeah that's the way i try to live man like as long as i'm happy my parents are happy my kids are happy are healthy uh and we have a roof and we can eat all the other work stuff all those like things like crazy scenarios that you create in your head like i try not to do that yeah yeah <laughs> i try like my best to control my stress and like just yeah that's what i that's the advice that i give to most like people younger than me like yeah when you think that you're going through a tough time it's not a big deal yeah it's not a big deal at all
0: yeah It's just in that I think that's a beautiful message and I I relate to that a lot. Um, I think not just myself, but everyone in general, we all go through those phases where like this, you know, like when I work in sales and this client's being like an asshole, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. But like, whatever. Okay, you know, don't let it, don't let it like feel it in the moment, whatever, don't let yeah. it in, don't let it, you know, be that thing yeah. that drags you down yeah. and so on. I think that's really, really good and a very refreshing advice, which I love. So and so, thank <laughs> you for that. Thank you. Um, Changman, I wanted to say thank you so, so much for coming on the show today. This has been um, a pleasure, you know, to speak to someone who I, the owner of the place that I love, which is, which is sick to thank me. You. Um, thank you. So thank you for that and thank you for what you're doing. Um, and yeah, if people want to connect with you, reach out to you, work with you? Uh, um, can, what's the best way to get yeah, in touch?
1: Uh, probably Instagram DM, okay. Um Check us out. We have 1004, which is this Korean, Korean Japanese, Asian supermarket. We have Cafe Bloom inside and lemis Beauty. lemis Beauty is my wife's uh, Korean beauty concept. We have Ugly Burger opening in the Kill Mall, hopefully in end of September. And um, we're hoping to have a, yeah, really cool space. We're going all out this time. Ugly Noodles. We're, we're Ugly Noodles is a is a again a passion, fun passion project between the Ugly Boys and then Chef Khalid. He's based in Abu Dhabi. Okay, so it's our kind of fun project, and we're doing. We don't have a space. We just do pop ups in sick. our friends' cafes. I actually have a meeting next on uh, no the way on the next for the lo- next location. So check us out at Ugly Noodles, and um, yeah, thanks for the support. Really, yeah, love talking to you. Made me feel super, super comfortable. And um, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate uh, it. No,
0: my pleasure, man. Guys, you heard it here first. If you're looking for any Asian products in Dubai, check out 1004 Gourmet, and they've got a bunch of stuff in there. Um, as always, please follow, subscribe, share the podcast. Hope that it helps with two S's. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace. Share it. Share it. Yes. Share it. it doesn't cost <laughs> you anything.
1: Just do it. <laughs> Click on a button. <laughs>
0: awesome.